Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast, a podcast reflecting on the lessons we've learned and those we're still in the process of learning. I'm Komal, your host. I'm an interviewer, investor, and someone who has lived a lot of life in a short time. I built this podcast as a place for us to reflect, to be together, and to learn from one another. Let's get into it. Welcome to the latest episode in Lessons in Resilience. Tonight, I am so looking forward to this conversation with two of my very dear friends, Thudden and Bunny. And tonight, I they are the founders of Bloom, which creates period-friendly products for women uh, that are organic, natural in their essence, and also uh, provides education around our menstrual cycles, self-care, sex ed, and when I first met Thudden and Bunny, I had kind of like a fangirl moment. We were at a friend's baby shower and I had been admiring Bloom from afar. And when I saw them in person and got to hear their stories and different things, even just around how they ran their business, let alone them as sisters creating this company together, I was so inspired by their story of building this company together as two young brown women raising $3.3 million in one of their series rounds uh, from VC funding. And now as friends, as we build a community together, Thudden and Bunny are two people that I look to for advice and guidance as I build my business in a mastermind group that we created together. And so tonight I'm really excited to talk about their business, Bloom. I am a big fan, clearly. <laughs> And I am excited to get into their founder story, what it's like to be women of color in business, to create the businesses that we need, barriers that they may have faced, and how they overcame those together, and how being sisters and building this business as sisters and family with the support of members of their family um, helping lift them up as well, and their community, how that inspired them to keep going and keep building and keep growing. Hey! Hi! All the way from Vancouver. You guys look so beautiful. I miss you. Oh, you do. We were just saying that we were fangirling when we met you. So <laughs> it was mutual. I remember us walking around Roxy's house and we just got to get into it. We learned so much about each other that night, danced the night away, celebrated mm -hmm. baby Z's arrival. Um, but I learned so much and I was just so inspired by your guys' origin story together. And as I was digging into a bit of research, something that I learned today that I'd love to start in this space, um, I was diagnosed with endometriosis uh, a few years ago. And Bunny, I read and heard that you were diagnosed with PCOS. And that's a big game changer when it comes to like our physical health as women. And when we look at like what Bloom is rooted in, in terms of self-care, helping young women take care of ourselves, educate ourselves about our bodies, what was it like for you when you were diagnosed with PCOS and to say, we're building this company, how can, like, how did that motivate how you built the company? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I was officially diagnosed at like 21 years old. So it was a few years ago now. And it was interesting the way it happened, because at the same time that I was really trying to take my own period health into my hands for like, you know, since I was 16 years old, I was always going to my doctor being like, I have really bad period cramps, cabbing home from high school, like staying home from work. And, um, and my doctor would always just be like, it's normal periods hurt, just, you know, kind of suck it up and live with it, take Advil. Um, and then around like 20 to 21, they just, my period cramps were just getting so bad. I had to like go to the ER a few times and they just kind of be like, well, you know, you have, the, it was just always all these like reasons of why I should just kind of be okay with it. 
And then finally, after a while, they were like, okay, it's PCOS. It's just something that you have to live with. Your main option is to just like go on birth control until you decide you want to have kids. And like at the time, I was obviously, you know, not in a mind space at all of like ready to have children yet. So that was like a little fearful for me. That whole experience was just very fragmented and um, scary and it didn't feel like it was very conclusive. And then at the same time, Taryn was in law school doing her master's. Um, if you want to talk a little bit about that and just the overlap. Yeah, we had started the company like probably six months to a year before that happened um, when I was studying about girls in developing countries like India and Nepal missing school because of their period. So it was really interesting timing that like as we had dove into that space six months later, like Bunny found out about PCOS. So it really just solidified our why and our mission and just like um, kind of like the need for knowledge and education in this space. And for girls to grow up with sex ed and to learn about their bodies, because ultimately um, there's so much shame associated with women's bodies. There's like all kinds of guilt associated with it, especially as South Asian women, sometimes growing up, people project all of these different um, like rules onto your body or assumptions. And in some cases you can't even talk about things that are like incredibly normal. And so it just rooted us in the mission to just normalize and talk about all these subjects that are incredibly universal. Mm, and I find that so supportive in so many ways, because when I was talking to my mom about like, she's like, yeah, I had endometriosis. They didn't really know what to call it back in the day. Mm. And so I was like, oh, that would have been like really helpful information when I was younger pre-diagnosis to like understand what was happening with my body and the shame and stigma that we do see in South Asian culture around our periods and speaking about them is so real. Um, but I've kind of come into this phase with my own cycle syncing and everything where like, I'm currently on my period with my bloom products. <laughs> but I've really come to intimately know my body and my cycle. And so how does it feel as you're building the company and diving even deeper into your own self care? Um, and we'll start with that in with this one. Um, how has your self care practice evolved as you've built a company rooted in self-care mm -hmm. and you and I have talked about this a lot and then we talked about it in our mastermind um and this year more than ever I think it's becoming like a more important subject I think for me the way I view self-care is really sometimes like we've talked about this I don't even love the word because I really see it as like t now taking care of myself so that I can take care of those around me and like, you know, thinking about community care, which a lot of like what we do at Bloom is about and why we want to help instill those um, habits at a younger age. So you actually learn to meditate and you learn to take time to like sit with your feelings. And like that to me is self care um, in terms of how it's evolved. I think, it's such a constant practice and this year it's been particularly difficult for most people I think and like one thing I learned this year is just the roots of self-care and really where that word came from and the fact that it originated in the civil rights movement and it you know it was really coined by black people taking care of themselves during the revolution and so you know I want to just say like as a brand we we did kind of um, adopt that language. And so now we want to educate our community about where, where that language really comes from because we didn't know at the time. Um, so yeah, I think it's a constant practice and it shows up differently for everybody. What about mm -hmm. you? And yeah, Bunny, I was gonna ask with like PCOS and even you guys building the products that you do, 
Are you sometimes in the lab being like, hmm, I wonder if this is going to work for me? <laughs> is that part of how you go into product testing for yourself? Yeah, totally. And that was a big reason why like Cloud9, I mean, why like remains my favorite product, because for a long time, I just like was so incompetent at swallowing pills. So the doctor would be like, take Advil. And I'd be like, I literally am unable to. So I'd be like crushing it up and mixing it into ice cream, which is just like so pathetic. Wow. And so <laughs> I never even thought to do that. It was like the only way I could do it for way too long. Um, and so Cloud9 became like a really early savior um, when we first launched it and something that I like always have on me because like when my cramps strike, they, they do get really bad. And there's times where I'll like wake up in the middle of the night and not be able to go back to sleep. And um, and so it's one of those products that, you know, maybe it doesn't cure my, you know, period problems or cramps, but it does make the... Um, it does make it a little bit more manageable and just kind of give me a comforting feeling. But I think for self-care in general, one thing that I've learned that works really well for me is truly just around like little acts of self-care every single day um, versus feeling the pressure of being like, I need to have this big elaborate self-care experience every Friday night. And suddenly that becomes like work pressure. versus, yeah, exactly. And so yeah. For myself, it's just like, okay, did I drink enough water today so that I don't have a migraine? Did I take a break from my screen? Did I get some fresh air? And I think often um, when you're, you know, really focused in on something or working really hard, you can almost forget to do those little things. And then at the end of the day, you're like, why am I so drained? Or why do I feel like I, I didn't enjoy my day? And I've realized that it's so easy to get into that mindset. So honestly, it's just like the small reminders every single day. That's like, okay, did I like properly wash my face when I woke up this morning instead of just like diving into my laptop which is like these habits that sound so silly brush my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they sound so silly and stupid but it, they make such a big difference on how the rest of my day and week progresses um, and then that allows me to show up differently for the people in my life my work my friends absolutely I find it so much like obviously we're in launch mode so it's been so crazy and after we announced the guests a couple hours ago I was like babe let's go for a bike ride. I just need to get outside. Like, I need to back. let's change space. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for being so supportive of me as I've been going through this. Like I remember, so for context, for those watching, we decided to create a mini mastermind crew of us and our friend Salima from Bisamara, our friend Rakimutha, who manages Ruby Core and is just this incredible entrepreneur herself and creative. And we've been so co-supportive of each other since the pandemic started and like setting goals with each other, reminders. A lot of our practices are rooted in self-care uh, reminders for ourselves because as entrepreneurs, and especially during the pandemic, um, so much happened. And <laughs> I wanna start diving into a little bit of that, but how would you say, how have you built community around yourselves as women of color business owners, as you've built Bloom um, over the years? What, has, what role has community played for you? If you wanna begin that in. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. I think one thing that we always say is that it takes a village to build, you know, whether it's a business or um, just anything in life that's worth doing, like it really truly takes a village. And for us, I think for, for me, like, I put a lot of um, weight and like, gratitude on the fact that we have the opportunities we have, like, whether it's like the fact that we were able to raise money or you know, we had the privilege to like drop out of school and build this business. I think um, there's like a lot of pattern recognition in like fundraising and tech. And so I want to make sure that like as a woman of color, having raised funding, I really hold myself to the highest standard because 
unfortunately people have biases and they will see people after me and that will affect if they were able to raise money and like, you know, how I handled that, how much integrity I had. So that is something I place a lot of like importance and weight on. I think it is really important. And I think Bunny does too. And in terms of community, like we wouldn't be here without the people that like propped us up, made introductions for us, like guided us, mentored us. Like just yesterday I was working through like, um, like a kind of retail, like business um, problem and I reached out I don't know if you know Divya from Wander Beauty but like she was just like this amazing sounding board like whenever I text her and she'll kind of just like dive in and share like whether it's like contacts spreadsheets like anything we kind of need um, and same with like yourself Salima Rocky like knowing that there's people who are going through the same thing like whether it's just like you know sharing what our day was or it's like helping with like like a whole plan or strategy um, uh, yeah, I really don't think I would be sane without it. <laughs> and Bunny, when, what advice would you give as you around community building? So, you know, it, we're at these points in our careers where we can lean on each other. But when you guys were early days, mm-hmm. how did you guys build your community? How did you guys find the folks that you now have around you? That's such a good question. I think the thing... The one piece of advice that always stands out to me the most is um, one like advisor, mentor, friend had told us like, look at every relationship as a 10 year relationship. This is not a one, you know, one time transaction. This is not something that, you know, you meet somebody for 30 minutes and you'll never see them again. Like the world is small. Our communities truly are small and there's so much overlap in in different verticals and particularly in the startup world, we were in San Francisco and it feels like it's, you know, this big tech bubble, but in reality, everybody knows each other and the six degrees of separation end up being like two degrees of separation. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've carried with me since then, because it's so true. It's, you don't know, you know, you could meet somebody today and have a great conversation. um, And you don't know when, your paths are going to cross down the road. And I think what's important to me is just to always show up authentic, to always be graceful and grateful for, you know, whomever's time, whether it be if I'm helping them with something or they're helping me with something, or we're just chatting or spitballing or getting to know each other. Um, And so I think it's important to just keep that in mind when we were, you know, really creating that community. And if we did want to lean on people and ask them for help with things, I think it's very important to have a clear ask, you know, don't just be like, Hey, can we have a meeting? And then, look at them, Um, you know, know what you want to get out of that meeting and tell them beforehand, be like, hey, I'd love 15 minutes of your time to chat through X, Y, and Z problem that I have. And I think you'd be a great person to chat with for these reasons. And I think when now when people approach us or when we, you know, go to somebody like Divya with help, it makes that exchange so much more useful for both sides. And it also allows people to then be like, this is exactly how I can help you versus just feeling you're getting stuck against a wall. So that's something that I think since... Um, our friend taught us that lesson or kind of told us that it's just something that I've always kept in mind because there is no I mean business isn't fun if you're just like having transactions with humans I think the fun part about business is the human connection and just looking at things as um, a real relationship is just so impactful so Mm -hmm. impactful and I think that like sometimes we forget when it comes to business that like we can create community around ourselves that can support us through those really hard times. And something that I want to make space for, because when I read about this, when we were early in building our friendships together was like, Bloom, you guys raised $3.3 million. (laughs) And when we think of women of color led businesses, this is something that is novel at this point in the trajectory of how businesses grow. 
And that's something that I just want to hold space for. So when Thudden was saying earlier, you know, as they were raising funds, it's like they raised 3.3 million for their startup, which just we're cheersing. I'm cheersing it. It's happening. Um, (laughs) But we also know that during the pandemic, it's been a hard season when it comes to raising and different things like that. And what advice would you have when it comes to folks who are starting their businesses during a very tough period of time? What are some of your lessons learned in terms of a resilient mindset when it comes to like navigating this season, uh, both as a business person, but also from a funding perspective? Um, I open this to that into start and then we can dive into your, your thoughts as well, Bunny, and pull it, pull it through. Such a great question and a big question. And I think we're, cause we're in it right now. It's kind and of funny why, to like, without me like being like, I know the inner workings, but I just know that there's some like gold here in terms of what you guys have even shared around the lessons you've been learning. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I think it's important to note that only less than 4% of venture capital dollars go to women at all and less than 1% to women of color. And so yeah, like we are very, very grateful. And like I said, we don't take that lightly, but also, um, you know, every business is different and it, it's not always like the best thing just to, to raise funds. It just really depends on the business and like what that business is trying to accomplish. That being said, I think at a time like this, um, there's actually amazing, amazing companies that are built in recessions. Like I think Airbnb, Microsoft, and there's still a lot of money out there. Um, for people raising, especially on the smaller rounds, like businesses that are very nimble and are new and are really paying attention to the, the shifts that are happening in the world because our world is transforming right now. And when it comes to fundraising, I don't want to sound repetitive, but it all goes, I would say back to relationships because when we did raise our um, 3.3 million, it looked like it was like an overnight thing and we raised it in one month, but those relationships were built over three years. I sent a monthly investor update every single month. Um, We really like did our best to not only like um, keep those people updated, but honestly to like build relationships with them. And that wasn't with the intention of, of getting their money at the time. So we didn't actually know we were going to launch bloom. And with some of those people, it was just like, you are like super smart and amazing. And I, I learned a lot from you and, we would just keep in touch, like whether it was like sending them stuff when I thought of them, um, you know, things like that. And so like Bunny said, all of these relationships are like, they come full circle. And when people um, are able to see that you're committed and like you, you really have like a, a mission and a why and a strong business, then I think it is possible to, to raise that money for sure. And I think there's definitely like strategy that goes into it. Um, and I think those numbers are improving. So I, I just hope that like continues to go that way. And, you know, I know you're an investor too, and like really vocal and like such a champion for women entrepreneurs. So yeah, I, I hope that keeps changing. Absolutely. And from a mindset perspective, Bunny, um, how have you guys endured sort of the roller coaster that was the pandemic season? Because um, you guys were going into a raise at that time. And I remember our conversations pre COVID and then during COVID. Um, mm-hmm. It's been tough. And so how have you guys stayed sought? Like what's steady meant? Is steady a state? How have you come through the ups and downs of this? I feel like we're still getting through the ups and downs. Um, (laughs) I think one thing that really like I keep going back to is, well, two things actually. One, it's a marathon, not a sprint. 
So this is like the uphill battle in the marathon where we really have to, you know, get to the top of the hill and then, you know, there'll be, there'll be another side to it as well. But it, it really is just keeping that in mind to know that this is, it's a long game. And, you know, Bloom is so deeply rooted in our why. We're a bit, very, very mission oriented company. And so for us, we like we know that we will continue doing bloom and continue fulfilling this mission um for a long time and so knowing that it's because of our why it's not about speed necessarily um even though it's like so easy to be impatient but it's really about ensuring that we're showing up for a community what with what they need right now that doesn't mean like you know having a bunch of sales and like trying to just sell them things it's really being there for them and teaching them about self-care that's like our most recent campaign right now um earlier this year we raised funds to donate PPE to our local hospitals because they were running low. Um, we launched a hand sanitizer and we have a couple more things coming out that are truly just for the community during this time to help us all weather the storm together. And I think the reason why we're able to do that and why it feels achievable during this time, um, even though we're supposed to be like, you know, a company that's supposed to sell things is because we really, really just want to be there for our customers in whatever way they need us to. And that is due to, our why and knowing that we're doing this for the long game, not just a short period of time. Mm. And when you speak about the why in our mastermind group, that and you took us through an exercise that helped us really establish like the narrative around the companies we're building, our stories, our whys. What is Bloom's why? Can you share with us like what is what what gets you guys out of bed every morning? Um, Bunny, do you want to share because you were just sharing a lot about the why there? Yeah. So when we first Prior to launching Bloom, we surveyed our audience of a thousand plus women and 60% of them said that they felt their self-esteem plummet as they went through puberty. And so that's really our North Star and the step that we're trying to change that when a girl is growing up, whether she be sitting in math class or playing sports, that she's really focused on becoming the best version of herself and um, able to really grow into herself as exactly as she should versus, you know, being told by the society or media that, you know, she should be somebody else or she's not enough. Um, so that's, that's really where the why starts from. Do you want to talk a little bit more about it? Yeah, I think that <laughs> sums it up really well. Like we just want to create a space where um, we raise a girl's self-esteem as she grows up because like ages nine to 12 are when most girls drop out of STEM fields and sports. And like, we both had those experiences for sure. Um, so yeah, I think there's just room in the world for a brand that was catered to that time period. Mm -hmm. And that in you went from doing your master's and practice like being a lawyer to mm -hmm. jumping into entrepreneurship. Can you talk about that leap and how you knew to trust yourself and build confidence from one field into a very different field? Yeah, I think it's funny because we both kind of did that at like a similar time and we had very traditional like Indian like careers Bernie, that I actually just realized I don't know what you were doing prior to Bloom because I that didn't I like I knew because I've read yeah. in articles that you were a, a lawyer or practicing law yeah. buddy what was you what were you up to before Bloom I was an accounting student <laughs> I had no idea yeah these are like so, you guys were bred to make a business together then <laughs> honestly like it's funny how different we are because like you kind of know us now like we're so different in the way we like think and operate but then we have like very complimentary skill sets and our, yeah so our parents like we're very proud because those are like ideal like Indian parent careers and then like one year in both of us like totally like didn't want to do it anymore but actually I'm gonna say something that like I've, I've never really talked about and I hope it's like not depressing for people but because we did that whole like vision exercise right and that's all about like people always tell you to visualize like um 
the world, like how you want to see it or where you want to see yourself. And actually, when I look back at that time, I think what I did was like unknowingly, I did like an anti vision. <laughs> so I would actually recommend this for people that are in a rut. So like imagining 10 years from now, what where you don't want to be and like, you don't need to imagine like, like crazy stuff like being like hit by an asteroid or like everyone like getting sick like it doesn't need to be like things that are not within your control but like what are the things that you didn't do or did do to contribute to like your 10-year anti-vision and then that actually makes it a lot easier to like make a change because I think for me at the time I wanted to do law because I love um like women's rights. I was teaching English to refugees. I wanted to like, I was working at the women's center and then I was doing family law and I really wanted to like really help with like women's health and education. And as I started to work in law, I saw that that, that field is very slow um, in terms of making change. I'm not saying people can't do it and like so much respect for people that are, but it, we had started the business part-time during it, not intending to do it full-time. And I could see the impact was a lot faster. And I think with like Bunny and I doing that together and kind of being in the same mindset, we both felt that we wanted to do it full time. So that's how it was for me, but I don't know if you want to add to that. Yes, what was it like to go from accounting to jumping headfirst into entrepreneurship, Bunny? Um, I mean, I think at the time, it was also that like, we were so young and we were just kind of like at the beginning of our careers and we had, graduated with degrees um, and our parents were incredibly supportive that it was it, it was really exciting versus like scary because it was like you know we could do this and who knows where it'll end up but we kind of have nothing to lose like mm -hmm. maybe a year or two of our lives worst case scenario if it doesn't go as planned but we I think we knew um, that it's truly about the journey not the destination and we were just excited to like do it and just experience it and see what it's like um, versus thinking about like, oh, I'll only do it if it's going to be a runaway success. Because the reality mm -hmm. is that like, there's no way that we could have foreseen where we would have ended up. Like we've grown so much since then. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really what, what was um, the trigger point for us when we were getting started. And it wasn't about, you know, where is this going to end up? It was just about, oh, let's see what we learn along the way. And then we'll go from there. Mm, that's so incredible. And so when it comes to the business now, what are your favorite parts of the business to play in? Because you're going from like that in law, bunny and accounting, like have you kind of landed when you look at how, like what's your favorite part of running Bloom as, as executives of the company together? I guess we can all start with bunny or that yeah. whoever. I was just gonna say my least favorite is law. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think my favorite is like when we're able to do things with our community, whether it be like digital events or surveys or when we were doing IRL events or just even just like reading through reviews and comments like in DMs. Like I love that so much. Even I'll go through like customer service emails on weekends and like just see what people are saying and how they're reacting to the brand and what kind of questions they have. Um, but that's just kind of like the fun stuff, I think, from like a work perspective, what I really love to do. Um, I mean, product <laughs> development is super fun. Um, and I think just like finding new ways to experiment um, to get Bloom out to more people and to tell more people about experiential marketing is so great. Like I remember the subway campaign in New York and just even the ad campaigns that you run. Um, it's I just loved it. Like the brand is so excellent. Um, but that in what parts of the business are your favorite or that you end up tend to do more of? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I also love talking to customers, like almost like all of last year, I blocked like time in my calendar just to like phone customers and talk to them, which was really nice. Um, in terms of like what I love doing, spend the most time on, it's like, it is like brand and campaign. Like I love the stuff that's going to like take our mission and then like translate it. And like, honestly, photo shoots I miss because now COVID, like we used to have a photo shoot every weekend with just like awesome girls and like have the best time just like, you know, with our art director and like that was so much fun i think just like yeah the creative campaigns because they're so limitless and then really when you put them out into the world and you see how they resonate like we did one around acne positivity um called celebrate skin and we had no pr firm at the time and it got picked up by like allure and stylecaster and everything but it was like people with like bare face like with acne um but then they had like really beautiful like bright eyeshadow like euphoria and then we had like um, odd flowers and like plants. So they like the whole photo shoot was like really beautiful. And um, the messages we got about how people felt like, you know, seeing real skin, because we rarely see real skin from a skincare brand as odd as that is. Um, that was really nice, especially because Bunny and I both grew up with acne. <laughs> Same. I like currently actually have an Instagram filter on because I'm breaking out a little bit. So. You can do that on live. You can't just oh, swipe. I'm oh teaching you God. things. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's like what happens when you do like 14 lives in two weeks, which has just been such a trip. Wow. But that campaign sounds so phenomenal. And when I think of like, as we're coming to wrap up our time together, when you think of what you're working on now, like what is up next for Bloom? And what are you most excited about that you're bringing forward to customers or that you're working on? You mentioned there's a couple new things that are going to be rolling out that are very impact focused. I'd love to hear about what's on the horizon. You go first. Talk about it. <laughs> Do you want me to? At the end, I was like, I, I should direct this, but I'm going to leave it open-ended to see. <laughs> I think right now we're in a really fun phase because we are doing a lot of product development. And one thing I am allowed to say, actually, am I allowed to say it? I'll just say to keep your eyes on the Sephora space for Bloom. Um, we are in Sephora Canada right now, so feel free to shop us there. I'm um, not sure how much more I can say on that front. Um, but yeah, also we're going to be doing a whole bunch of hiring too. So if anyone is wanting to work at like a startup, keep your eyes peeled for some job descriptions. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's like what's coming up like immediately for us, but we always feel like it's just day one for the company and we're really just getting started and yeah, we're just the baby company right now. Mm -hmm. And what would you say you're most proud of when it comes to your work on Bloom, Bunny? Oh, that's a good question. And um, even if it's not just your work on Bloom or the impact of Bloom. I think what I'm most proud of is that we've, we have a community of people who seeing a brand like bloom has allowed them to be more of their best self and we get comments all the time where girls will say like you know what i didn't wear any makeup today when i left the house and i just felt so empowered and i remember like the first time i did that and i was like you know what? i'm not wearing makeup to school today and i was like so scared and then it it really did make me feel so empowered it's like those little things and getting messages from customers where they say like you know what because i saw that bloom did this whether it be the acne campaign or the self-care campaign or um, our like Galentine's campaign, they'll see these things and they'll be like, you know what, because of this, I like reached out to a friend that I haven't mm -hmm. talked to in a year and I had like the best conversation with her. Um, and 
yeah, so I think just the fact that we are able to bring that to other people makes me like so giddy inside. Mm -hmm. mm, and for you, Karen, what, what are you, what makes you most proud? I mean, that sums it up really nice. Honestly, as I'm talking to you, I'm just realizing that like, I'm just really proud to be like doing this with my sister and like even, you know, through quarantine, like how tough the year has been. But like today I walked into the driveway and I saw my dad had made us this ring light. I'll send you a picture like with light bulbs and wood for our first bloom photo shoot. Like he made it from scratch with his bare hands. Like it has an electrical like plug, everything. And it just reminded me that like we started this company with literally $500 and like boxes from my dad's work. And like, we started from pretty much nothing, you know, like, um, it's just cool to see that like, even our like light for our photo shoots was like handmade by my dad. And we like shipped 5,000 boxes out of this, like our parents house where we are right now. Um, so it just makes me really proud that like, so many people have joined us on this mission and have like allowed us to live our mission. Because I think honestly telling myself that even five years ago, like I wouldn't have even dreamt that it was possible. So yeah, it's kind of cheesy, but yeah, I'm just, <laughs> just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I love the cheese. And also knowing the back end of what like quarantine season has been like for Bloom and for you guys, it is so, it's so important for us to come back to that why and to come back to what motivates us and the impact and the impact that you've had and are having will have with Bloom is so immense. And there's now thousands, tens of thousands of us who are that much better off because of the products that you guys have created. So thank you both so much for your time tonight. And we have to do a little moment so that we can have a good thumbnail. So I'm gonna just need you guys to like, <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> it's the most awkward. I know. I'm like, here's our photo shoot. Hey. <laughs> Hopefully something in there works. <laughs> Thank it's you so, good so to much. See you. We are so inspired by everything that you're doing and so excited for the next Right Step program. Thank you. And I'm so grateful and lucky to have you both in my corner. And I can't wait for this next season for Bloom and also the impact that you have had on the community with the PPE campaign, with creating the hand sanitizers and so much more that you're doing elsewhere in the company. Um, it's it's so inspiring to be your friend. So thank so you both. So inspiring to be your friend. And hi, so Mitch. Galentine's all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, we love everybody you. Everybody watching, if you are interested in more conversations about this, about resilience, about leadership, then check out my next Right Step program, link in my bio. We announced the guest experts earlier today, and I'm so excited for everything that's ahead. I love you guys. Love you. Have the best Bye. night. Bye. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in if you loved this episode please leave us a review on apple podcasts and if you want to follow me gomal check me out on instagram at k-o-m-a-l-m-i-n-h-a-s or the show at lessonslearned.co and if you have an idea of a lesson that we should dive into on the show then slide into our dms submit there or on the website along with any guests you think I should interview and talk all of the things with. As always, I hope that you make some time for you this week and reflect on the lessons you're learning or have learned and take some time to celebrate all the incredible that is you. Until next time, guys. Bye!